0: My name's Tom o and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube, but this is the audio only version just for your nice cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. Good evening everyone and welcome to the post race chinwag for the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix. Yes, I am slightly late. Um, my, my wife decided to call me um, from the bedroom um, seconds before I was about to hit go live. So, you know, it happens. Anyway, a roll intro. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. You know what? This whole weekend, in terms of motorsport, has been pretty bloody fantastic. Okay, just watch the Indy... 500 finale as well which was pretty amazing Um, spoiler alert Joseph Newgarden won for the first time ever super happy for him Pato was in with a great shot I know there's a lot of Pato award for McLaren fans out there as well Um, I was rooting for Pato of course but wasn't to be uh, for Mr. Mr. O Ward unfortunately for him Um, it happens and Monaco delivered Delivered. I can imagine you are Halita. I can imagine you are a crying for Aaron McLaren. Thank you for joining Ram, Kieran, Carol, Min, Eb, Eb, Ed, Eddie. I've read that D's a B, Liam, uh, fill in the blanks, Jorge, Andrew, Frankie, Nikolai, Emma, Carlos, Julian, Balin, Dr. Hydra, Ryan, Captain Kaster, Charmander, Caligar, Bailey, Sam, Moon One, Imar, Jose, Professor Z, Rivethead, Bruno, Dyson, Ryan, Sebastian, Vixton, Alex, Callum, Ethan, Beyond the Lizzie, Luca, Nation, Jamie, Henry, BW, NJ, Nile, Mataza, Kyle, Dre. Thank you everyone. Thank you everyone who's watching live on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who's watching this after the fact on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who's listening to the only audio-only version of this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the lovely streaming platforms just for ears. That's all fine as well. It's all it's all good. It's all good. It's good to be back, and well done Everton for surviving in the Premier League. Honestly, I I wanted Leicester to stay up, so I wasn't actually I was, you know, I was accepting of West Ham losing to Leicester, but Bournemouth can do the job. So nothing against Everton. I just quite a soft spot for Leicester, you know. It happens. And yes, we are doing this late, <clears throat> late on a Sunday night. Um, I've got stuff to do tomorrow. I've got a busy day, so. I thought I'd just get this done now. Get this done, out the door. it's fresh in the mind, as fresh in my tired mind as it possibly can be. But there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? Like, I'm sorry, Funk, I'm sorry. But I'm happy for you, well done. <clears throat> right, whoa, whoa. where do you think Lando would have finished if I didn't impede him in qualifying? Well, who knows? These things happen, didn't they? It wasn't a great day for... It wasn't a great day for Ferrari. It wasn't a great day for McLaren either relative to the fact that Alpine scored so many points. Anyway, as much as both McLarens got in the points, both Alpine's got a lot more points on the table. But we'll get into it. We will talk all about it. Right, let's start, people, with a race rating. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it slightly differently. I want to start with um, rates qualifying out of 10. Um, Was it a 10 out of 10? Was it a 9 out of 10? Was it an 8 out of 10? Or was it "I am stupid out of 10? Because there's no way it's less than an 8 out of 10. Okay? Okay? There's, There's no way it's anything less than an 8 out of 10. So if you want to take the L and put I am stupid out of 10, you're welcome. No, because like, I haven't spoken about qualifying. You know, we haven't spoken since qualifying. And I was half tempted to do some kind of. Well, I couldn't because I wasn't here. Um, If I was at home, I would have been half tempted to do a qualifying, post qualifying stream. Because, oh my goodness, man. Qualifying was so, so good. Monaco at its finest. Track ramping up played a big role because you got some mad names at the top. In brief moments, Alex album was briefly P1. In his second round, you had Joe briefly at the top. You had Mad Names. And obviously, with Checo binning it as well, um, that was one of the positions. It didn't end up actually being a crazy order in mm, Yeah, I mean, okay, it did. What am I talking about? It was something like truly it's not enough to just watch the highlights of qualifying you had to watch u1 2 and 3 to take it all in because it was absolutely fantastic and you had no drivers binning it which look many could have again apart from checo everyone kept it kept it clean um somewhat obviously like lando hit the wall you know you had a few little incidents but no no one bringing out red flags and yeah in those kind of instances the way it was ramping up in Q3 as well. Ha. Huh. See, I disagree. So I, so I see com- Luca's comment there can't be a 10 if Max still gets pole. Fundamentally disagree. Like, yes, Max Verstappen got the pole position, but it was like the fact that he got it at the end when he was like two and a half tenths down for the first two sectors, it like went 2 8 something. No, that like that made it even more spectacular. Yes, of course, Fernando Alonso starting a pole position would have been fantastic from a championship point of view. It'd have been great to see, blah blah blah. But just the way Max put that lap in right at the end. You had Esteban up there. You had Fernando then up there. It was just so good. It was so good. And the sp- the spread as well. The spread the spread in Q three was crazy. It was crazy, and, and he he more than he more than deserved that pole position. But mate, honestly, it was it was so good, and it's everything that again we didn't need to intervene with this whole oh if you go off and crash and bring out a red flag you lose your lap right because no no one did apart from Checo. But it was early in Q one; there was still plenty of time to get three more quick runs if you wanted to um, after Checo's incident. So. You know what, I think, I, I, I'm i trying to remember a qualifying I enjoyed more. And I wasn't even at home. I was watching it on my phone in the back of an Uber. And it was amazing. It was just, I was like, huh. I bet the driver thought, what the hell's going on here? I didn't mention anything about, oh, you're watching the F1. Um, but it was so good. It was so so good. ah, oh, Just yes, more of that, please. And you know what? Why it was good? Monaco obviously bring brought this out where yes, obviously you're having a car advantage, pays dividends, but more than any other track on the calendar, if you're confident in the package you have, so even we saw the Williams have dog pace, like terrible pace, all right? awful pace in the race. But Alex, even though he had his shunt in practice, he was confident enough that he could get into Q2, doing an alright job. You had both the Alphataries in, well, UK Q3, in an Alphatare. Haas were the only team that were really like off the pace. Otherwise, it was all it's all it's confidence. Confidence is a bigger factor, I think, of any track that we go to. Monaco is the one that gives us the most kind of spec F1. Now, again. Yes, of course, the Red Bull's still quicker around Monaco than a Haas, of course. But compared to most other tracks, the driver makes a bigger difference at Monaco because it is all about, do you dare push those margins? Do you dare go close to that wall? If you're not fully confident in your package, even if you've got a quicker car, you're going to get punished for it. And, mate, come on, come on. Was this a qualifying example, good example? <laughs> Was it a good example of how exciting one shot could be, rivet head? Well, look, uh, you know I'm a... I'm a big proponent of, com- proponent, proponent, sorry, I'm quite tired, proponent of one shot qualifying, I'm not going to say, oh, one shot qualifying would be like this all the time, I, I, I think this is just an example of when, I'm saying when, not if, when F1 becomes closer and the whole field is spread within a second, maybe three quarters of a second through the whole field, not only you know that even the slightest mistake gets punched, and we're seeing that in the midfield now, aren't we? We midfield. It's not really a midfield anymore. We're seeing that that you know from 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 Alpine downwards. Um, there's six teams that you can go out in Q1 if you lose a couple of tens. And as everyone starts to come together a little bit more, hopefully there's more pressure now because at the moment a Red Bull, a Ferrari can still kind of get through Q1 at a bit of a a canter. Okay, they can just yeah, they can just chill. They'll get through it, right? Unless you crash, Checo, for example. Um, but that doesn't have to be the case forever. I really hope it won't be. So 48% of you have given the qualifying a 10 out of 10. Uh, 9% of you, sorry, 32% of you given it a 9. Uh, 13% of you have given it an 8. And 7% of you have given it an I am stupid out of 10. So 7% of 874. I don't want to try and work that out. It's what, 60? 60 of you, something like that, are stupid. That's fine. I I, I I cater to all, whether you're stupid or not. So, no, um, I'm no, no judge, no judging. I promise. Okay, well, okay, so that's qualifying new poll time, please. Race rating out of 10. Now, before I post this poll, I want you to. It's not fa- as much as I'm like. Oh, I like Monaco. Monaco should say. I I think to to we have to rate this race based off of it, not being Monaco, just off of a race. Okay, what did the race give us? You can't add points because it's it was good by Monaco standards. That's all I'm saying. So what you what you thinking out of ten? I'm gonna get a rough idea of what what numbers are popping up in the live chat. Sevens. Eight. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say nine or more. I'm gonna give a, a eight, a seven, um, a six or less. I think that's where I'm gonna. Yeah. Okay. That, that's where I'm gonna do the poll. So nine or more, eight, seven or six or less, rating out of ten for the race itself for the race itself. What do, what do you think? What do we think people? Cuz again, the race started, people kept it pretty clean. There were quite a few little little incidents. Um little bit of, bits of front wing, little touches, little little scraps, stroll kind of drove into a gap that didn't exist, which was a bit odd. And then you had a the pit stops were interesting. You had a bit of madness there. Things changing up. Teams getting it right. Teams getting it wrong. And then obviously the rain came. Which was always going to put a spanner in the works. So often we've seen races talk about, Oh, there's rain in 20 laps. There's a 57% chance of rain. Never comes. But it did this time. And it did certainly. Even though the finishing order didn't change massively compared to what it was before the rain. It was super exciting. And that's the thing, right? I can handle... Max Verstappen, it's not about Max Verstappen winning races. It's not about Lewis Hamilton when he was winning races all the time and Vettel. It's not about that same driver winning the races all the time necessarily. It's, was it an exciting journey to get to that? And this is what I mean about qualifying. Yes, Max still got pole position. But my, like, it was so exciting, the journey to get to that pole position. There's a spider on the table. I'll try and pick it up. Oh, it's a jumpy spider. It's only little, so I don't mind little spiders, I'm not too scared of them. Yeah, I mean the journey was impeccable. And thank you, um, not from sixty third, by the way, for the five US dollars. Where are the Ocon haters at? How about you just go find him a seat in a top three team and be nice about it? It's very interesting you uh send me that super chat. Not from sixty third. Because we're gonna talk about Esteban in length a little bit later. Um we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Right, what are we saying? Poll results, race rating out of 10. 619 of you have voted. Get your votes in. Come on. I want to reflect on what you're giving it. To be, I think I've nailed it with the numbers because most of you have gone with the two numbers in the middle. Um, so 7% of you giving it a 9 or more out of 10. 8. 31%. Giving it an 8. For 7. 45%. For 6 or less, 17 percent well before i reveal mine do remember that you can listen to this uh, live stream after once i have finished and exported it and uploaded it to spotify and apple Podcasts. you can listen to it as well so if you need to go somewhere and you want to listen to this later you can i'll do it after this um but anyway for me it's a seven for me it's a seven five again seven is not average five is average why do we keep putting 7 as average? It's not, no. The middle number is the bang average one. 5. This was a good race. By Monaco standards, it was very good. But it was a good race. It was alright. There was a good amount of, again, as much as Max stayed ahead, kept ahead at the start, there was lots of other stuff going on. Made it interesting. Made it exciting. There were periods of, you know, dullness. There would be I would say Miami had more stuff going on, like constantly. There was like constantly some stuff going on. It just wasn't very high stake stuff. This had its moments where it kind of settled down. <clears throat> but it was it was good. It was a it was a good um advocate of the natural sprinkler. Okay? We know that Bernie Eccleston talked about sprinklers in Formula One, what a natural sprinkler, okay? A little just drizzle. It wasn't that like, proper rain, but it was enough to bring out the Inters, to have teams thinking about bringing out the full wets as well. So, um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think this was a, you know, you, you can't let one race change your opinion on Monaco. And I, I understand, of course I understand, a lot of the the naysayers, the the. Those of you out there who who aren't enjoyers of the Monaco Grand Prix, I, of course I understand it. Of course I, I get the reasons why. But, but this Monaco Grand Prix showcased everything that it gets right. Everything that makes it unique and special um, was on show. You know, even during the race, the amount of incidents, the amount of people, even before the rain came. Because there's so little space. But you can get moves done. I mean... When Lance, Lance sent it up the inside of Logan, was trundling along and he got passed by Haas. He got passed by um, Lance and Checo as well. Um, that was a great move from Lance, which <laughs> Lance's race wasn't great, but that was a really good move that he pulled on Logan. Even though Logan was barely moving, it happens. But yeah, race rating out of 10, 44% of you giving it a seven. And that's where I sit as well. So there you go. Magnussen was... Somewhat moving mad, and Logan, yes, he did have a stinker. Wasn't the best. Wasn't the best. Right, okay, let's have a look at the race result. Then Max Verstappen wins, of course, ahead of Fernando Alonso, and Esteban Ocon. Oh, yes, he's done it again. He's done it again, has old oh, Esteban Besterban. Love to see it. Lewis Hamilton, P4, fastest lap, ahead of George Russell. Russell, Russell, Russell. He thinks he thinks he could have been on for, for P3. And if he hadn't have had his little excursion and then clattered Perez, then I think he's probably right. But there you go. It happens. These things happen. Charles Leclerc, P6, unable to recover. Very difficult. Big ask at Monaco. Look, obviously, the rain... Again, it didn't change up things as much as it maybe could have. The field had spread somewhat before then, but it happens. And yeah, McLaren's round out the points. Bottas on the periphery. Sonoda has dropped his P10, P9, P11 record. It's a P15. Shame. Seemed seemed to have brake issues. He was complaining about the brake issues way before Lando passed him, and then he just fell off the face of the earth and. He went long, didn't he, as well? So it happens. It happens. Um, yeah, and obviously, Russell got his penalty for an unsafe rejoint as well. But that's round seven. Monaco completes. When does that leave us? Also, what I'm going to do um, from next week, as well as the driver standings here, I also want to make another graphic with average finishing position because I think that is. I, I haven't worked it out. Basically, I want to do it because it will make Sonoda look better. I'll be honest. Because I'm really interested to like see where everyone else's finish, average finishing position is relative to Sonoda. because I think Sonoda, Obviously, this P15 hasn't helped. But still, I would like from from next week, I'm going to um, average finishing position. Alonso would be higher than Checo. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he would, Hamza. I'm not sure. I'll have to um, I'm gonna give that a go. I, I would have done that today, but I didn't have time. And again, I'm quite tired. So... We'll save that for another day. I think Max will be pretty high. Do you think? Do you think? Yeah, I think he'd be pretty high on that as well. Um, big move, obviously, from Ocon. Up to P9 in the standings. Uh, Ferrari's still not looking good. Hamilton, no, Hamilton, 69 points. Nice. Uh, Fernando Alonso now only... A 12 points behind... Checo. But, yeah, Max, this really... From a championship point of view, again... You know, if we're thinking Pacheco could maybe, you know, take the fight to max, this was a big opportunity, street track as well, and you got to think that it was always going to be a long shot, long, long shot for Checo, but this was quite the bottle, um, quite the bottle from Checo Perez, a shame, truly, 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 truly a shame. Right, okay. Next, let's have a look at the constructor standings. Red Bull going to win it. Aston Martin are very close to Mercedes. Alpine have extended their gap to McLaren. Not much more to say than that. Okay. Worldies and stinkers, people. Worldies and stinkers. Who had a banger? Who had a clanger? All bangers and clangers. Well,. Mm, that because it rhymes, bangers and clangers. That kind of like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a poll, <laughs> which I don't really want to change it again. Is better, which is <laughs> <Just> better. <laughs> right, world is and stinkers or bangers and clangers. Oh, see mmm bangers and clangers. I do like that. I do like it. Uh whatever whatever the poll decides, I'm gonna leave the poll up for a bit. Whatever the poll decides, I will either keep it. It just means I've got to do some more graphic design changes. Ahead of next time. And I've got to remember to change it before next time as well, which there's no guarantee. But Welders and Stinkers or Bangers and Clangers. Oh, bangers and clangers is winning winning as well. <laughs> Pulled out an early lead. Um, yeah, constructive standards, whatever. Let's talk Welders and Stinkers, maybe for the last time. Come to this poll, it's looking like it might be the last time. For me, and there were many, many potential candidates for the top and the bottom. Okay, for worldies and stinkers. There were many candidates. But for me, recently bias, I've gone with Esteban ocon Checo Perez, Alpine, Hass, worldie stinker, worldie stinker. Do I need to explain much? The fact that Ocon was able to put it P4, inherited P3 with little clear penalty, in an Alpine within two temps of pole position. And we look at how good that Max Verstappen lap was. Ocon came within two temps in an Alpine. To then hold on. To produce the perfect race. Didn't put a foot wrong. Kept science behind with the pressure. He's, he's under pressure that whole race. To not let an opportunities um, slide. Nailed it. Checo. Obviously. Damage was done Saturday. You cannot. When you've got a top car. There is no excuse to shunt in Q1 and start at the back, man. Like, Checo, come on. You had a red ball. You don't you didn't need you don't need to drive a hundred percent. And yeah, maybe he was put off somewhat by the the car. But, but Sorry. But but that's that's the thing, right? And you're fighting for a championship. Not good. It's not good. And then in the race as well, like just many many escapades for Checo wasn't good was not good was not a good race at all and um, again he wasn't the only one not the only one by any stretch but I think for a street circuit as well where he won last year this was such an opportunity and it's just you you can't do that in Q1 in Q1 no not good enough Not good enough. Uh, Worldly team Alpine. Again, both the Alpines in Q3. Gasly with some good points on the board as well. Again, strategy point of view. Yeah, maybe Russell did flounder a P3 podium. But you know what? Esteban was there. And he's done this many a time. Opportunity presents itself. And he takes it. Race pace wasn't there, of course. But there you go. (laughs) Womo and Lomo. Yeah, that, that would also be interesting bangers and clangers is is coming out on top isn't it it really is i'm gonna leave it out for a bit longer just so any new hey, it's probably it's 1200 of you watching there's only 671 votes so what are you doing go and vote on the poll right bad <laughs> minton a oh, not here sorry he's um my mum's because we're away this weekend so my mum's looking after him she's dropping him tomorrow morning but he's not here sorry Sorry, to be fair, my last video, he featured in like the first five minutes on my shoulder. So, you know, sorry, it happens. Um, And then Stinker Haas, I mean, Haas were well off the pace in qualifying. And then just, oh, just both drivers just, uh, just it just all went wrong. They just, Haas just did not give them a good car. And they kind of... You go, it happens, it happens. Unlucky ass, very inconsistent, very inconsistent. Um, I do my worldies and stinkers before I look at yours. I did a poll, we got about 1400 responses. Thank you very much for voting in the poll if you did. And you've gone for the same as me. Um, you copied my homework. How dare you! 70% of you went with Esteban Ocon as the worldly drive of 1416 votes. Uh, 19% for Stappen, 4% Alonso, 3% Lando Norris. Uh stinker drive, Checo, 44% of the vote. 32% Stroll. Stroll was trust me, Stroll was well within a shout. Absolutely. DeVries 8% feels pretty harsh. Now he was about I seem to remember at one point during the race, I looked at the Sonoda DeVries gap and it was about 20 seconds. That was before Yuki had his brake issues. So, from that point of view, if you're finishing 20 seconds behind your teammate, that's a stinker. But, I don't remember seeing a single replay of De Vries, which is a good thing, by the way, because a lot of replays were being shown of drivers hitting walls and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember seeing, De Vries had a very quiet race. The fact that you've only 8% have given it to and 5% Sargent. Sargent had a really bad race. Like Sargent, if anything, it was between Sargent and Perez for me actually. Because Sargent had a shocker. DeVries did okay. So you need to have a word with yourselves. <laughs> Worldy team, 58%. Alpine, 26%. Mercedes, yeah, P4, P5 in the end. Mercedes did a, you know, given the new side pods, different car Lewis felt very happy he was very happy smiley bubbly in himself this weekend which is nice to see but um ultimately the car just didn't quite have the pace but still good points on the board for Merck eight percent McLaren worldy e team yeah both in the points fair enough Red Bull six percent I mean they've designed this beauty has anyone seen the um I had a little look briefly I was thinking of putting it on the stream but it's you, you can't really see enough detail for me to actually add. I can't add anything. I can't look at the Red Bull floor. From when Checo crashed. In, and then the crane picked it up really high. So you could see the underfloor. I, I That's that's not in my locker. Okay. So to look at that floor and analyse it. And give you any kind of useful helpful information. I apologise. There's much better creators out there. Who will be able to give you. all Everything you need to know. About the underfloor of the Red Bull. rb 19. But I'm not that guy. So I'm just going to you know, just talk random opinions, that's what I do, that's my analysis, yes, ergo, whoosh, yeah, Jonathan, that's about it, mate, that's pretty much how I'm uh, approaching it, and then stinker team, 53% Haas, 25% Ferrari, Carlos was not a happy boy, again, where I was doing the last lap, I've got earpiece in, I can hear the race, but I'm also chatting, I'd I do miss a bit of the the context of of why drivers are happy and angry and upset and whatever Um, but ultimately science I mean science was dropping some serious sass on that team radio towards the end some serious sass 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 and obviously cocked up with Leclerc not telling him that Lando was coming even though the show shouldn't have been dawdling in the tunnel but there you go Um, yeah not great Williams 14% Williams was so slow race pace wise. There was one stage where Sergeant was like pitted a second time. was like 33 seconds back. And Albon was like seven seconds off the back of the Which is like, yeah man. But this kind of track, unsurprisingly, does not play to William's strengths in any way, shape or form. Not good. And then 4% Aston Martin. I guess that is putting uh, Alonso on a, fret, a set of slicks when it was still really wet. And then bringing him back in one lap later to put on Inters, which was a bit stinky, could he have won the race, I don't necessarily think so, but whatever, um, okay, well just stinker's done, and then fantasy, I forgot to update my fantasy team, but you know what, I wasn't too disappointed, I wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. Oh wait, no 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 sorry sorry I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lit I'm just sitting here lying to you. I wow. No, I did change my fantasy team actually. Um I remembered like ten minutes before. Qualifying. So no that no, Ignore, ignore what I just said. Anyway, this is my this is my team. Um Pierre Gasly. Thought he was gonna have a good weekend. Had a pretty good weekend. Yuki, I decided to invest in Yuki coin on my fantasy and it didn't pay off this weekend. Unlucky. Carlos Science, I thought he was going to have a better race than he did. Um, especially, obviously, starting ahead of Charles, but wasn't great. Max did win the race, but didn't score many points. He only scored, what, how's that? 35 points? Which is pretty crazy. And Fernando finished P2 and only got 27 points. So, I don't know. Did 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 not many drivers um, get points? Was that, was that just a thing that no one really scored any points in, in fantasy? I don't, I don't know, but... Um, there we go actually what's, the, what's that um, I can't see because it's a bit blurry on my screen total points 187 yeah it's not it's not good it's not good breath it's not good Bjorn three year member needs to add a third start oh, I'll have to have a look at that Bjorn I can't believe member for three years Bjorn big up one guy love that um, your best team got 60, 161 points oh okay Hilly. I feel better now you've said that I feel minus 17 points for Lance yeah I don't think this was a big point scoring weekend I guess because there's not many overtakes um, at Monaco so overtakes are a big opportunity for points I guess but it's hard to measure overtakes when it was raining as well but um, but yeah overall not a great weekend in fantasy okay Daniel got 202 okay so not yeah, but I feel like more of you like didn't get great points, but okay, it happens, it happens. These things happen. Right, okay. Breakdown. Team by team. Let's start with Williams. Dog. Awful. Best thing about Williams all weekend was James Vows on the pit box. James Vowles is great. He's quality. Like he knows what he's talking about. He drops proper knowledge. James Vowles. I um I approve I approve of James Vowles on the um on the box. He's good very good very good. Very clever bloke knows what he's talking about. Obviously that car's got still quite quite a way to go. They've really struggled with downforce for a number of seasons now. Um they're still playing catch up. They've got all this ATR time because you know they're right towards the back so they need to be using it to uh to to build that gap but James Vowles gives me all of the confidence in the world that he's going to be a fantastic team principal like again we don't know how he actually runs a team and if he's actually good at actually doing it but everything from the outside in looks fantastic and he's got a great relationship with so many drivers as well so yeah good but yeah not great Sergeant not good um, even though he, he was quite happy um, after qualifying with how he'd done um, he didn't qualify last. Went out in Q1 though. Um Alex got what P13 start, but in the race that car just isn't good enough. Um around a track like this anyway. But that's the that's the beauty of F1. You know, you're gonna get some tracks like Monaco, you're gonna get other tracks like Baku, you're gonna get other tracks like Catalunya. Like Catalunya and Monaco couldn't be more different, really, in terms of the demands on the car. So it will be interesting to see where the pace is relative from this weekend to, to next. I guess, And we'll maybe see a bit more of whether these big Mercedes upgrades are actually doing the job. But yeah, Williams got work to do. Pull your fingers out, okay? Come on. We're, we're still um, on the poll, by the way. Welders and, and Stinkers is on 41%. So it's closed the gap somewhat, but bangers and clangers is still ahead. 59%. Yeah, bangers and clangers, man. I do think bangers and clangers might be the one, but I'll leave that up for a bit more time. So maybe Worldies and Stinkers can come through with a late surge. We'll see. Um, you know it's not a bad car. Like clearly, I, I think I think it's not. I think it's it's not a bad car. Like Yuki put it into Q3. devries put it into Q2. Yuki was running pretty comfortably P9 for a significant chunk of the race. I don't know if he encountered. Does anyone know in chat? Is it confirmed that he actually had an issue? Like, was it an actual problem with the car? Because like I remember on, on the radio, he was complaining about the brakes because they were like you're losing under braking, and he they they made a suggestion, and he was like, he was like, "Do you want me to f- crash?" <laughs> like, he was um yeah, which I I I still think that is, it's definitely a weakness of Sonoda's like. Uh, you can say this about a lot of drivers, to be fair, but I think it doesn't help because there is a degree of language barrier there. I think it's quite... When Yuki is frustrated, he's very frantic, and I feel like it's quite hard to, for him to communicate exactly what he needs. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It, it's 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 one of the parts of the job, I guess, that kind of goes under... I mean, you look at... This is, Daniel Ricardo was so measured on the radio, like, all of the time, seemingly. He seemed to uh, so often be so measured and just, like, understood. And would, was, was very good at, like, not letting the emotion get on top of him when he was in the car. I'd say he was the best at that. And that's something I think Yuki just does need to work on somewhat. And I'm just saying because I know people get on him, him for like, oh, because he shouts and like... It's not about that. It's just how in these situations when these things happen, how do you conduct yourself that's going to... in a way that is going to be beneficial to your outcome? Now, maybe him being more chilled about it wouldn't have changed what had happened, but I don't think it helps, you know? So... But yeah, I still... Don't get me wrong. You Yuki's like... It was a great race up until that point. Come on. Yuki's doing bits. Yuki's doing bits for sure. Thank you. Definitely not the FIA. Thank you for your, your, the subsidised £9.99 payment, Much appreciated. appreciated. Um, thoughts on F2? Shocker for doing season. Great round for Paul Scher, Vesti and Hauger. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of time, actually. we talked about AlphaTera. I'll take a little bit of a, a break from F1 uh, to talk about Roll Intro again. Uh, the F2, the F2 was very um, very interesting. Owasa, um, who's the driver that I follow, didn't have a great qualifying, but meant that he started P2 in the sprint and converted a win. So happy with that. Um, but wasn't able to convert too much in the main race. You had Vesti. Vesti's Vesti's looking good. Vesti's uh, Mercedes driver academy, isn't he? Um, Vesti's looking good. Porsche is looking good, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good race, but like that that Marta incident, jeez! Like again, that was one where I was watching it on my phone. I was I was in bed, I had it on my phone, and it was like, oh, Martin's drive through. If you haven't seen it, Victor Martins, um, he's going up the hill. Jack doing in front of him had just crashed. Um, he'd, I think he'd hit the wall earlier like Mirabeau or something and like his front wing had kind of got broken and then he was going up the hill and obviously it's like a long left hander hand at the front and then he lost the rear went into the wall hard the car caught fire as well so it was burning but it's over to the side cars could go around the side but obviously Marshalls were on track and then with double waved yellows and oh, how, how fast did we reckon Martins was going then? Like he probably, I don't, I don't think he was going full race speed on the yellows, but he's he was not prepared to stop. That's for sure. He was so I think he was probably going about 90, 80, yeah, maybe eighty mile an hour, which is like that's more than the motorway speed limit in the UK which obviously I only ever drive the motorway speed, speed limit in the UK okay it's so, it's quick we um we forget how quick these cars are going like when you see the safety car in front of the you don't realize the safety car is going full tilt and the drivers are still complaining about it being too slow um but yeah like oh it was so, it was like inches from this Marshall. like and again, I, I in this incident, I I don't know how much information is the driver given. Like, was if Martin was given that information clearly and ahead of time, then there is no excuse, and that's an absolute shocker from him, because that could have claimed a life. Like, if he doesn't react, you know, if he's a little bit, or if, if there's a bit, there could have there could have easily been a bit of oil on the track, and then he reacts and he doesn't actually have control of the car and then it's something horrible and motor racing is dangerous you know if you were watching the indy 500 earlier you had uh rosenquist go off and collect kirkwood sent his left rear flying into the sky went over the catch fence and hit someone's chevy in the parking lot crazy like such a that could easily have resulted in a fatality like easily so, yeah, we're reminded of. Uh, look, most sport will always be dangerous, of course, and there's certain things that can't really be. Like, again, that indie incident, that's a freak incident where the tether just immediately snaps and the wheel goes flying. There's not much you can do to. But when it's just a driver going too quick, when there's someone who's shunted, you've got to think there's. that Like, if. What I will say. Is if it's deemed that Martin's which I don't have the full picture, I don't know exactly when Martin was shown the yellows, whatever. If it is deemed that he was given that double wave yellow where you have to be prepared to stop, if he was given that information in a good amount of time to have acted on it better, he needs a severe penalty. Because the only like If he just gets a little slap on the wrist, and people, oh, yeah, but he didn't actually hit anyone, and it'll be fine. And then drivers, like, you need to come hard, you need to come down hard on this kind of stuff because otherwise it will just carry on, and drivers will keep taking liberties. And there's only so many times you can take liberties. We've, We've had a lot of near misses in Formula One. Does anyone remember? Was it? And again, this was no fault of the driver. In this instance, but remember Perez in Monaco when that marshal ran across front of him and he came really close. Was it Stroll as well in Imola when he was going like the cl- you had Norris in Bahrain when there was someone running in the track. There's, these things happen, right? Um, too often, too often. It, it seems mad that 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 was even a thing. But anyway, well done, Frederick Vesti for winning the race. And, yeah, Formula Two's looking good this year. You should be watching it. If you're not, you should be. Definitely. Definitely. Right, okay. Um, next team, awful Romeo, who will be the Haas, the the, the, the the perfect combination of mid. Well, it sounds like Alfa Romeo are going to go and title sponsor Haas from next year onwards. They're not going to be with Sauber anymore because Audi are coming in, but they're going to move over to Haas. Apparently, seemingly, we'll see. Um was it Halfa Ramas? Um Ulfor you know, Valtteri P eleven, Joe P thirteen Once again, um another weekend of Ulfor Romeo not giving me much. I don't have much to say. We didn't really see Vautry or Joe all race. Which again, credit to them. We didn't see any highlights, just like I said, with the Vries, which means they kept it clean. Um But i has got P eleven in the end, but Outside of that, Joe's been kind of anonymous. You are not wrong, Carol. I think Vautry's definitely had the measure over Joe in the last couple of races. I still I do think they're close, but you're right. I think I think Vautry has has had the edge. Um Um, as for the team that might be wearing the Alfa Romeo brand next year, um, Haas, colour palettes are kind of same, red, white, black, kind of works, bangers and crikeys, <laughs> bangers and crikeys, that's a good one for Ocean, I like that, um, Haas, stinky, stinky weekend, they left Magnussen. Why did they leave Magnuson on his hard tires for so long? What were they doing, bro? It was like dancing on ice out there. For, like everyone else, had Black pitted for inters about nine laps, not nine laps, like significantly before. And they've still got Kevin plodding along on the hard. What were they trying to achieve? What was the point? And it was just if anything, it was just causing problems because when he actually went to come in, he almost like stacked it at the penultimate corner. Which then could have caused a safety car. Like, what? I, I don't get it. Don't get it. Terrible, bad weekend has bad has not good. Um, they'll probably be really good in Austria. They're always really good in Austria, um, but not not in Monaco. Wasn't good. Has his only strategy gamble every time. Look at them leaving their cars to have one running quality at the end of Q one. Yeah, Max. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't think they've got a bad car. I don't think they need to do that. Like, I I think if they just get it all together, they can be consistent Q2, you know? It's just, it is so competitive, I suppose. So maybe you are, when it's that competitive, you are kind of inclined to, okay, I do need to push that a little bit harder. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Right, okay. McLaren. McLaren. So what did we... You obviously had Piastri was only beaten by Lando in Q2 by like less than a tenth. So it was it was tight. Lando was looking much quicker all practice, but then Piastri closed it right up in, in qualifying, which is great. And Lando obviously Q3. He thinks he could have maybe got P8 if Shaw hadn't held him up. Which which to me that's like I mean, I've seen some immaculate, incredible mental gymnastics from Charles Leclerc ultras online this weekend, trying to somehow defend Charles from not getting, like, are you, are you, no, (laughs) it's just like, it's such a clear slam dunk penalty, my God, like, not only is there an unwritten rule that you don't dawdle in the tunnel, which Shaw was doing. If you've seen his onboard, he's not even like he's just looking at the at the wheel. And then he realizes Lando's there. And he suddenly like jinx the wheel to the to the left. And it's too late by that point. Not only do you not do that, but also, yeah, it was communicated to him super late. Like seemingly from that same clip I, I retweeted it. Um Javi's engineer was like telling him about Verstappen before he's even telling him about Norris coming. So the driver and the team. Both were at fault. You know, if if one of those... So, if, if Schoel doesn't do in the pit lane, he's probably not getting a penalty. If the team tell him earlier, then he won't do it in the pit lane. He's probably not getting a penalty. But both of those things happened. He did ruin, ruin Lando's lap. And 100%, like, at least a free place penalty. For me, I was like, you know what? If they'd have given him a five, because it was both team and driver, both cocking up, then... Free, fine, yes, Monaco, whatever. Um, but man, that's just like, come on, that was just foolish silliness, absolute si- silly, silly silliness from. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, that's just Ferrari, isn't it? But we, we've not even talked about Ferrari yet. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But yeah, McLaren, um, good, good, decent. Um, to be honest. So, you see, in the um, in the world is in stinkers that a lot of you, a few of you, gave Lando um, drive of the day, drive of the weekend, and obviously yeah, got to Q three. Should maybe could have could have got more, not that much more, but more. Um, but I, I saw quite a few shouts for um, Lando having a really good race, and to be honest. From what I saw, I wasn't because again I was doing last lap, talking, presenting. They didn't show us much of Lando, so you had to be like, focused. What did Lando? I, I want to hear what Lando did well in this race. I'm not saying he didn't. I just I, I, I don't really know. Um, I want to understand. I want you to educate me, chat. On past Piastri on the worst strategy because yeah, he he was behind um, Piastri at one stage, wasn't he? Um, Lowell you want a UFC match, Mac, Max versus George? Ah, oh, Max. Max is definitely taking George's head off. Come on, come on, come on. Let's let's be honest. Let's be real. Um, yeah. What was what what was it that that Lando kind of nailed particularly this weekend? I just want to kind of yeah understand. Um, three seconds faster than anyone in inners. Yeah, he, no, you're right actually, Herbert. He he was going very quick on those inners, wasn't he? Um, rain performance fastest on the track in the wet um, gained a lot of time on in the it's okay yeah so it was his it was his wet weather pace and the livery the livery was good it was very good I, I very much enjoyed the livery and it looked great on the Rosenfist's uh, McLaren as well he had the old Marlborough like the orange Marlborough he had it was great by far the fastest in, in, in wet by far yeah lando has got a uh, he's good in the wet isn't he He's very good in the wet, and the mechanics did a great job. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, you know what? Credit where credit's due. I think Lando's a bit of a wet weather god, so um, he, he's doing bits. He's doing bits. Absolutely. Um, right. I've got a few super chats to catch catch up on here. Um, HSW plays. Thank you for the. Oh, I think you've actually you've 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 done double. You've done a double HSW. Um, thank you for the 110 and 44 rupees. Uh, thoughts on Kushmine? Kushmine, yes. Kushmine um, is, is P4, man. Kush is doing a bit in a campos as well. I think, like, Kush is... This is his, what, rook, uh, rookie season in Formula 2. He's not had these big, high profile, but he's just consistent. And it's these junior formulas are all about consistency. So, yeah, man, like, Kush is... Kush is doing bits. Kush Kush is doing absolute bits. He's um he's doing really well. So I I am much more excited about him and his prospect going forward than um I am to be honest about um Darivala. So but uh, Kushmani, good job. Keep an eye on him. If you want someone to support who's uh repping the Indian flag then give Kush some of your attention. Absolutely. Um, okay, I'm not gonna go to Alpine. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Aston Martin next. Aston Martin stroll. It's not good, is it? When you go out in in Q two with no real obvious issue, he said he struggled with tire warm up a bit, um, and your teammate puts it P two was on for pole. It's not good, is it? But the thing is, the thing is, and I've said this many a time, I, you know, if you want to win a driver's title and there's more than one team competing for it, you you definitely want a number one and two driver. I smart and clearly have that. Now, of course, yes, if one driver is far ahead of the other, then, you know, you're not going to get those kind of, like, opportunities to support, you know, when you've got, like, two Red Bulls and one Aston Martin. Like, the Red Bulls can play around with strategy a bit. They can use those pieces. Whereas if Stroll's nowhere, then you can't do that. That is certainly a a big downside of having a driver that just isn't quite at that level. Um, however, it is clear that, you know, Alonso's the number one driver. He's by far and away clear of Stroll. And I'm sure Lawrence, like, all he can do is give his son the opportunity Lance has to take it, and Lance has had many, many a good day in F1. He's clearly a very capable Formula One driver. He's just not at the level of Fernando Alonso, which you can't like, you can't massively get on, get on his back for that because Fernando Alonso is Fernando Alonso. But in an instance like this where it just doesn't look good, you know, it doesn't look good, and in the race as well, I mean, that move he tried to make on Sergeant, there's just not space, and he just went. He just drove into the wall, like he just—I don't know—he just ex- expected the space to be. I get his first lap, and you, you, you more trigger happy, and you want to make moves, right? But it just wasn't. It just was such a scrappy race from Lance, like, and there was what around the roundabout. He he went straight on on the inters, didn't he? Like lazily, kind of clunked into the wall, and that's what eventually ended his race because then he hit the other wall and whatever. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Not good. Um his racecraft is not the best. I will give you that constant. I, I think I think pace wise, I mean he's not terrible. Again, Alonso's quicker, but he's a quicker than most people. Yeah, it's just Stroll after all this time I, I you'd expect Stroll to be better than he is, I guess. And and it kind of says a lot, I suppose, about you know the level of driver, The ceiling. His ceiling. He's probably close to his ceiling. Given how many... What this is his seventh year in Formula 1? How much more development is there to come from Lance? I don't know. I don't know. He did, again, poor great move on Sergeant. That, that was really exciting. That was interesting. But other than that, that was kind of it. End the poll. Shall I, shall I end the poll now? Um, Harriet Wright? You love Harriet Wright, apparently. Um... of you of 1,500 it's it's got very close no you know I'm leaving it up I'm leaving it up I'm leaving the poll up because it's close now it's 56% bangers and clangers 44% worlders and stinkers it's getting close do you think Stroll will ever be replaced? I was talking about this on on the the last app podcast actually it's like the thing is if it gets to the point where Lance is the inhibiting factor, I imagine there is a board of directors. As much as Lawrence Stroll is is the face of Aston Martin and the face of the Aston Martin Formula One team, you know, both the road car business and the Formula One team. I imagine there's a board of directors. It's not just Lawrence doing what he wants when he wants. Like these are these are um, publicly listed companies. I have stocks in Aston Martin, not very many. And I am like 80% down. I'm waiting. I'm playing the long game. It's not good. Um, When you invest, you can win and lose. So it turns out. Fortunately, I only put a few hundred quid in. So it's not the absolute end of the world. And it's not financial advice, Hamza. I promise you that. (laughs) It's bad financial advice. That's what it is. Um, So Tom, I'm financially biased. Yes, I am. Absolutely. And so, so there's that. There's if if Lance becomes, could he like could by vote of directors over Lawrence get him out, maybe? Or could Lawrence just pay for him to go for another team and drive for another team? That would obviously be an admission that he acknowledges that Lance isn't good enough. But again, I I think in this situation, you know. Michael Schumacher was comfortably clear of Rubens Barrichello for years and won all those titles. Hamilton Bottas, comfortably clear, won all those titles. Vettel Weber, not comfortably clear for two years, and it was close, comfortably clear for the other two years and won those two titles. You know, there's like so many instances where it's just like, if they get to that stage, then I don't think that gap is going to be... a Problem versus if they say bought in, I don't know. Say say Aston Martin bought in someone who's like proper like top tier like Lando right, Lando and Alonso. I think that I think they'd cause more damage than good to a drivers championship fight. Maybe not a constructors, but a drivers championship fight. I think they would. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have enough um, shares in Aston Martin to um, bring it up in a board meeting. But we'll see. I think I'll have to put a little bit more in. Yeah, maybe Felipe Drogovic. Maybe, maybe. He should buy Affatari as a junior team. Put Lance there. Man, imagine that. What would they call that? Martin Aston. It's the uh, Martin Aston Formula One team. I love Lawrence voice, man. Westman. Um, anyway, Fernando. Fernando had been hyping this up for a long time, and it did deliver. And again, that uh, Saturday was just so good. And when he he went quickest, and I was like, "Uh," and then Verstappen went quick and I was like, "Ah." Is um, What's Aston Martin in Italian? Alpha Martin. Um, yeah, man. Just again, continuing to um, prove so many people, myself included, wrong that he is every bit the driver. That he was and his level does not seem to have dropped in any way, shape or form. So ridiculously impressive. Maybe he'll be there when Honda take over. When Honda get that engine deal, as we know, for 2026. He'll be up 44 by then. So uh, maybe not. Maybe not. But I mean, the standards don't like that. Age is literally just a number. Like if the performances start to wane, okay, fine. But they're not looking like it. So why would they change? Why would they change? Um, I hope uh, this 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 generation, Fernando Alonso, I've warmed to him so much more. I think he takes himself a bit less seriously, and he plays that pantomime villain as well, and I love it. It's 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 good vibes. It really is. Um, who's actually voting for bangers and clangers? It's cl- it's close now. It's 55-45, 1,600 votes. Worldies is stinkers forty five percent, bangers and clangers fifty five. Now I'm I'm leave that poll up then. I'm, I'm leaving it up. Um Victor Mata to Aston Mata. There you go. Aston Mata. Beautiful. Um okay, next team, we're gonna talk about Mercedes. Um Oh yeah, Alonso was Oh actually, yeah, sorry, before we talk about Mercedes, good shout, out Billy. Um choose for the two quid, mate. Alonso was let down by bad strategy call today. If they hadn't pit for the slicks It's about a 20-second pit stop loss, isn't it? Around Monaco. And he was, what, 27 behind in the end, I think? I can't actually remember. I don't think that would have won Alonso the race. What it would have done is put Alonso much closer to Max. And therefore, more pressure would have been exerted on Max. So, that could have maybe... Was it a 22nd gap? Was it? Oh, so it's lower than I thought it was. Alonso was 18 at the time of his second pit stop. Okay. Would have been close. Winners and binners. That's actually quite good. Mm. I, th- I think if Alonso would come out, yeah. It's the wrong call. Maybe. I don't know yeah it's hard it's hard it's hard because obviously the gap was big at the end but when you've got an a- an Aston Martin right behind you trying to force you into a mistake or just even just in your in your mirrors somewhat you'll will never we'll never know we'll never know it was the wrong call but I had room to gamble yeah it's one of them that you can argue it's it's in in the the benefit of hindsight it was the wrong decision but what was there to lose seemingly even though maybe they lost an opportunity at p one but also yeah i mean like you say democracy smith it's max he will not be intimidated and yeah i mean if any driver's gonna hold on to it um it's max even though you know he what he was struggling on those um on those mediums towards the end of the stint didn't he? he he almost crashed just before the just before the tunnel when he was still on the mediums um, and Max was pushing as well he, he got close to, well, he scraped walls a couple of times didn't he so he was pushing Th- this is one thing like it's always going to be and we'll never get this because teams won't let this information out but it's really difficult to, to have the full context of the the gaps like the 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 gaps between drivers because we just don't know, oh, is is this driver pushing 100% or is this driver conserving or whatever? Um, so it can make, like, analysing the gaps quite difficult until after the race when they'll be like, okay, yeah, Max was pushing here, but then he was conserving here, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah, and Max did an insane job on, on keeping those mediums going for as long as he did. Absolutely, no, this was... Um, this was, a, yet again, another driving masterclass from Max Verstappen. You can't deny that in any way, shape or form. But, um, but well done Alonso as well. Maybe, maybe he could have won it, but probably not. Probably wouldn't have happened. But Mercedes could have got on the podium with George Russell. Um, you know, considering George started P8, he started on the hard tyre, which meant he could go longer, and then came straight in on to the inners. And it was looking good. He was ahead of Ocon, wasn't he? and then he had his little um, excursion his little excursion where Rosberg famously went off sorry I've got this chair's got become a little bit uncomfortable I'm going to raise the desk up there we go you raise me up (laughs) Um, yeah George had a little excursion went straight on and ended up falling back then came back onto the track and Perez was there bonk Got Himself a nice juicy five second time penalty. Then he was trying to get Mercedes to let him ahead of Hamilton, which was never going to happen. To so then like have a go at Ocon again, you can't pass around Monaco, especially like obviously the wet weather was great, but then when you got that dry line, then that meant there's no overtakes were going to happen unless someone obviously made a mistake. But once you've got a dry line, you can't make overtakes, especially around Monaco. You can't make from um. You can't make overtakes anyway. Yeah, George's um, George's race was yeah, it was looking quite good, but yeah, he he, he made the mistake. And you know what? Like, it goes one of two ways, doesn't it? Like, I, to be fair, I I actually didn't catch that much of George George's whining on the radio, um, because that sounds like George whining on the radio because he does like he does like a little complain on the radio, doesn't he? and you know what like, george is not at mercedes to play second fiddle i think mean, cameron did a really good video me on make cameron f1 um on why george is is who he is and why he's such a kind of divisive ca- divisive character and he is not here for, to make friends he's here to to win he's here to push and his attitude is very you know put you put yourself first uh, most occasions which most F1 drivers are selfish and I guess maybe you know he spent three years at Williams seeing this Mercedes be an amazing car got a little taste of it in Secur where he should have won and then he comes into Mercedes and they're like fourth quickest car so it's like it must be somewhat frustrating for him and yeah exactly Uh, it's every top driver I, I think every top driver is guilty of this to an extent I just think also like yeah, I, I think also, yeah, it's just, George's character is quite divisive, um, which, you know, isn't isn't really fair, but there you go, it is what it is, he, <laughs> he's going to be topless and say so cracky. no, I mean, I mean, you he, he say he's nothing like Max Naughty, but I think he is in more ways than maybe we give credit, I think in terms of that absolute, like, you know, I think. Don't get me wrong; they're not the same, but like in how little they are prepared to give up when it suits them, I think they're quite similar. And yeah, maybe you do have to earn it, but I think I think George has done enough to you know show that he is pretty much on the pace of of Lewis. He's he's right up there. And Lewis is arguably arguably statistically the greatest of all time, so pretty good, pretty good. it's just it's similar, but just different different approaches to the same problem, I guess, but yeah, look, all in all, obviously these Mercedes upgrades were never gonna have a massive impact on Monaco performance. It's again more about driver confidence and feel, which it felt like they were both okay they just you know, they both complained actually after qualifying, both Lewis and George, about feeling like they had to overdrive the car um, to get that performance out of it and really take big risks, bigger risks than they would typically to just get still with like half a second off the pace, right? They were both out qualified by Savannah Ocon and Alpine. So, yeah, it's... um. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll, I, I think, I think Spain will be a lot better for Mercedes, I do, I'm quite, um, I'm quite confident on Mercedes' behalf for, for, um, for Spain, we'll see, we will see, right, okay, Ferrari, 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 Grazi, no Gatsy. Um not great was it from Ferrari, um, once again, obviously Charles, again, him also dawdling, but, Javi not telling him in prior. Like in practice, they almost ran into each other, didn't they? The two Ferraris, they almost um, clattered into each other. So that wasn't good. Bad communication from the team again. Science Science was having a proper mo wasn't he, on the radio? So because Science thought that because the team kept trying to bring Science in, and he he was like he kept being like no, right? Again, r- remind me, chat because. Yeah, he was like... He was so flustered on the radio. Like, he was really bothered. And like, really wound up. And then when they eventually brought him in... He came out behind Ocon. And then he was like... Oh. He went off on one, didn't he? And then he had his bit of a stinker. Like, that movie tried to make on Ocon. Like, where he was just going so quick. And he was very lucky to not wipe out Esteban. And got a... Um, black and white flag for that as well. If that had ended Ocon's race, which it quite easily could have. um, Yeah, and then it just kind of unravelled from there, didn't it, really? Kind of unravelled. Yeah, that was was first as well, yeah. It was... Yeah, science was not... I don't care about... Yeah, the team were like, oh, yeah, but we were doing it to cover Hamilton. He was like, I don't care about Hamilton. Yeah, it was... um, Oh yeah, it's true. There was no safety car this race, Hamza. That's a, good sh- that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. Science was just getting proper sassy on the radio at the end, wasn't he? Um, proper sass. Not, ha- not happy. And uh, look, I mean, Science has made his own calls on judgment many a time before and been in the right. So tension with the team after the rumors this weekend, maybe. Look, no, I think I think there's no smoke without fire. I, th- I think the drivers read these articles. They hear these stories. They hear about, you know, what is the team doing to support me? And maybe that leads you to get in your own head a bit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. But um, all in all, a bit of a Ferrari weekend and Charles Leclerc once again, the Monaco curse continues. The Monaco curse continues. Actually, yeah, because I completely forgot. If we go back to overlays and we look at our previous predictions, so our pre-race prediction, sorry, for, for the Monaco Grand Prix, well, mine, mine was Charles Leclerc race win, Gasly worldy drive, meh, not bad, it wasn't worldy, but it was good, Russell Stinker, um... It could have been really good, but he made that big mistake. So it wasn't a stinker. But it wasn't yeah, whatever. Worldy team Ferrari, absolutely not. Stinker team Mercedes, absolutely not. So I had a stinker on these predictions. These are stinker predictions. Uh, yours were Fernando Alonso race winner. No. Fernando Alonso worldy drive. Yeah, he did well. De Vries stinker. No. Aston Martin, Worldy team, uh, no, no, as much as they gave Alonso a good car, like, they can't take massive credit for that, like, the stroll was nowhere, and whatever, qualifying, tyre warm-up, blah, 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 stinker team, you said Mercedes as well, so, all in all, we, 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 we weren't, we weren't particularly good in the, um, in, in that department, but it happens, you know, it happens. It happens. Okay. Um Red Bull. Red Bull. Um Perez Nowhere. Not good enough. If you wanna mount a title fight? You can't be making mistakes like that. And yeah, it was it was a pretty serious one. Like he carried away too much speed. And yeah, I mean Max has opened up a what's the what's the gap now? It is where is it? Race, um, Driver standards, he's now 39 points behind Max Verstappen. Damn. Damn. Yeah, and Perez had an awful race as well, yeah, exactly. No, He, he was just kind of quite desperate to, to move through the pack, which you understand, but it's Monaco, You're not, it's not going to happen. So, because he pitted early, didn't he? He wanted to take hards to the end, but obviously the rain came and things just got ridiculous. But yeah, Max Max is just... Was he? 39 wins for Max as well. Nice. Um... Yeah, Max is just a ridiculously talented Formula One driver. Like, what more can you say? Um, he, it's he, just just so good. That just oh, Saturday was so good. Like, even the fact that he took the pole, I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is so, I was so happy. I was having the time of my life watching. Like, I love this sport sometimes so much. Like, I love it anyway, but 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 like moments like that are just like, oh my god. That just, you feel it. That's just like, oh, God, it's so good. So good. Um, But also, you know, Checo's doing a good enough job to consolidate his seat at that Red Bull team. Um, He's doing a better job overall than I thought he would. So, yeah, I I think ultimately he's not going to change for the title, but he should be able to get, should be able to get P2. If he doesn't get P2, that doesn't look good because that Red Bull is clear. Um, but then I I do think as well, you know, Red Bull have got this big advantage right now. I, I I don't see why by the end of the season, by the final kind of third of the season, that at least one other team has pretty much caught up. But by that time, the damage will have already been done. It's not like first race of the season, you know, first race of the season you score twenty five points to win. Last race of the season, you also score twenty five points to win. So if you if you can bank those results in early, which Red Bull were doing a great job j- doing. Um, getting those wins on the boards, then boom. I wonder if Nui is talking with Checo after showing the floor. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Uh, I mean, yeah, Monaco's the one place you really don't want to shunt because of the, the cherry pickers picking up the car and taking it about 15 miles into the sky so you can get a great view of the underfloor. And again, the, the Red Bull underfloor looks... Again, I'm not an error expert, but it looks like it's... Compared to... Uh, Compared to the Mercedes underfloor that we saw after Hamilton crashed. Quite significantly more intricate and well put together. So, credit to Red Bull and and Adrian Newey and the rest of the team. Not just him, of course. There's a whole team, but Newey snapped his pencil. (laughs) Not a happy boy, understandably. Understandably. Right, okay. And then finally, finally let's talk about Alpine. Um, Pierre Gasly great job very good job um, didn't put much like I don't think he could have done too much more um, given where he was you know he finished between the Ferraris um, race pace wasn't great as we saw from Ocon because that gap from between him and Alonso opened up massively pretty quick um, but this moment this race was all about a certain man Pierre was not happy at the team celebration, lol. Yeah, I mean I did see I did see some pictures of Pierre that he wasn't he wasn't thrilled, which look I do kind of Like I no, I don't think he was bitter. I just think like obviously it's your teammate and he's on the podium, you're seventh and you're like big rivals, like not necessarily in a negative way, but like you you, you know. That's the person you got to beat, and especially with all the the history between the two of them, I, I get him being a little bit like, oh, whatever. But yeah, Gasly dissatisfied. I can I can understand it, you know. I can get it. Thoughts on Rossi's comments in retrospect. I mean, just because Rossi had a little moan up doesn't mean the cars gained three tenths. Like I don't know. I think Rossi. Died. This car's been like somewhat clear of the midfield all season. It's just he's not had the chance to really show it through their own incompetence. I mean if if they don't crash into each other in Australia then they're even more points clear of, of McLaren, which is obviously where they should have been based on pace and, and pace alone. But but no, I I wanna I wanna take some time um as we get towards the end of this stream to talk about a certain Mr Esteban Ocon. So in these streams, I like to try and make a segment that I'm going to cut this bit up and put it into a video and and edit around it. So I'm still thinking of what I'm going to title this. But my kind of working title for this is that I think Esteban Ocon certainly does deserve more love and more respect amongst the broader F1 fan base. Because when you actually look at what he's gone through to get to where he is, his junior career... What he has achieved now that he is in F1. All in midfield at best machinery. It ticks a lot of boxes. It ticks a lot of boxes. And he's not the most popular. But I think people are now starting to come around and take him a bit more seriously. But also I think just we're seeing a bit more love for Esteban. Estee bestie all that right. Okay it's good. It's cute right. It's endearing. Is Estee really the bestie? That's quite good. Iron Versatility. I'm writing that down. Is SD really the bestie? I like that. Iron Versatility. If I use that as a title, then you're taking credit. So I've got basically, I've got some points noted down, six points here, as to why I think you should be taking Esteban more seriously and be giving him some more love and giving him some more support. Because I, you know, I put him up there as one of my favourite drivers. Behind Albon, but he's right up there at the sharp end. Um, I mean, when he won that race at Hungary, ahead of Vettel, I went off. I was There was such a build-up build of like energy, you know? It was crazy. And maybe, look, Hannah, you've got no opinion of Ocon at all. Well, I'm about to change that. So, the first point about Esteban... Is that within a sport that's full of so much privilege, so, much, so many rich kids, so much money, right? He's made it through such humble beginnings. Now, I did do a full video over a year ago, I think, like maybe more like two years ago, talking about Esteban Ocon, um, his humble beginnings, right? Super humble beginnings from Evro, from Northern France, near to where Pierre's from as well. But they had quite different backgrounds. Esteban's family, his parents, his dog. Um, his dad was a mechanic. They lived above the mechanics and Esteban, you know, going through his and career, showing promise. But in order to finance it, you know, I mean, Esteban was doing work on his own car. Like his story is similar to, you know, we hear the story about Lewis Hamilton and how he came from relatively humble beginnings. Um, Esteban was very much the same, if not even, you know, worse off in terms of, you know, it's like a family business that his dad would work into the middle of the night to support them, to put money in, bring money into the family, to support Esteban's karting career. They then sold all that up, jumped in a motorhome with their dog, and would drive around Europe, getting Esteban to these karting events. Put everything on the line. Put everything on the line. And maybe that's given a, you know, this degree of of edge to to Esteban's style. He doesn't like to concede positions. And maybe that's somewhat of... It manifests in a way that can be perceived as a bit of a weakness and doesn't hold him in the best regard sometimes. But I think that comes off because he knows what the sacrifices that the people closest to him have had to make to get into where he is are very impressive. Um, Go find the video on my channel. Just type in Ocon if you want to watch it. And I'm going to link it in the video above here somewhere. So again, if 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 you value that, if you value those kind of things, which again, after doing that video, I I got so much more respect for Esteban, like where he came from, and I got so much more support. I so want to see him do well because he has had to. Me. He's not one of these millionaire kids who, you know, if it didn't work in F one, did like do something else. Like he'd be working in a garage with his dad, probably still to this day. I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen him quoted saying that. The humble beginnings are one thing. He also, he beat Max Verstappen in equal machinery. Now, it was nine years ago in uh, European Formula 3. Tom Blomkvist actually finished second um, in that series. Nine wins, 21 podiums for Esteban. Max did actually win more races, but Esteban was more consistent throughout the season. Both rookies in 2014, Esteban was 67 points ahead by the end of it all and then went on to win GP3 the year the year later so he just went straight from championship win championship win obviously Max got the jump up straight to Formula 1 in 2015 so that would have been hard for Esteban to take I'm sure Um, again we know them to have got history in Formula 1 and this was again back when they were they they were kids um, juniors um, fighting on track and then you know a little bit off of it, but he he beat Max in equal machinery. Yeah, you look over the course of the season, they both did a great job, don't you? I think Max won like seven races in a row, I think. Um, but Max had more inconsistency. He had more retirements. Again, a, a, a young Max Verstappen was liable to a crash. I think Max was honestly Max was the quicker driver, but Esteban was more consistent, more able to put it together more often, and less crash happy in those early days. And again. Beat Verstappen and Equal Machinery. Credit for that. Point three. The quality of Vestaban's teammates, like, has been, considering how long he's been in the sport. So 2017 was his first full season. So 17, 18, didn't race in 19, 20, 21, 22. This is his sixth season in Formula 1. So one fewer than Lance Stroll. They started at the same time, but... Okay, six and a half, because he had like nine races with Manor, right, in 2016. But the quality of his teammates, like, incredible. First full season in 2017, Force India, alongside Checo Perez, right? Checo, well-established at this point, been at McLaren, been at Force India for years, well-established, sat into that team. Ocon was only outscored by 13 points, 100 points to 87 by the end of the year, right? 13-7 to Perez in qualifying. Head-to-head, head. and that average gap was less than a tenth. Thirteen-seven in your in your rookie full season, Esteban Ocon against. I don't know, Perez isn't known for his qualifying pace, but he's no slouch, is he? Come on, now, he's not he's not dawdling around, is he? Let's be honest, right? Good, right, good first season. Okay, Ricardo, his teammate in twenty twenty, was probably the most. Ricardo probably did the biggest job on Esteban. Of all of his teammates, um, very much put him in his place, massively outscored him at the start of 2020 anyway. Towards the end of the year, I would say that Esteban had mostly caught up though. I think Esteban kind of struggled with that Renault. Again, he'd just come into that team. Ricardo had been there the year prior, obviously, Holkenberg's teammate in 2019. Ocon came in and replaced Holkenberg. It took him a while to get on top of that car, but he did eventually. Obviously, he's still with that team to this day. So there's that. And then Fernando Alonso, obviously. Like, when you talk about top-tier teammates, he, he, and Fernando Alonso was two seasons together. And, what, 2021, it was 11-11 in qualifying. And Alonso outscored Ocon marginally. I'd say 2021, there was, like, hardly anything between them. Like, honestly, there was very little between it in 2021. 22 Alonso was the better driver for sure but even the qualifying delta in 2022 in in terms of like equivalent sessions comparable sessions it was like 7-6 to Fernando so you can't sit here and tell me that I mean you look at the job that Fernando's doing on Stroll at the moment and yes I know Stroll's not a great driver but he's still a good competent Formula 1 driver Ocon like firmly held his own firmly held his own against top tier teammates consistently and obviously look Gasly's not exactly slow, is he? Like he's not exactly—he's a race winner as well. He's done bits like we know. gasly has got a good talent. Gasly's is still somewhat unproven, but again, Checo, Ricardo, Alonso—all drivers who were in good machinery at the time as well. This was Ricardo in a Renault, which was arguably 2020. Ricardo, 2020. Ricardo is probably my favorite Ricardo. Like that combination, that vibe. And yes, he did beat Ocon, but again, Ocon held his own. I think by the end of the year, that was the biggest de- demolition job that was done on him by any teammate for sure. But again, you look at the levels of, look at the levels that Alonso's setting right now. We're seeing it today. Like he's doing bits right now. He, he's like up there. He's he's proving he's showing that he's every bit as talented as he think he ever has been. And Ocon was close. He was. Like look at the, look at the stats, right? Yeah, okay, in the races, in the races in twenty two, Alonso was clear and deserved like sixty NFs to Esteban's two or something, whatever it was. But it's Fernando Alonso, like just to be close and like qualifying pace to pretty much be the same. Like, come on now, come on. The the way that Esteban is related when he's he's able to do that and be so consistently close to these other top, he's not cons- I don't, he's not considered. Anywhere near in these conversations, and I feel like maybe we should be. Because you got to remember as well, point four. He went through a tumultuous time. Like he's not had it easy. It's not been spoon fed to him. He lost his seat in 2019. Unfairly. He shouldn't have lost his seat. Of course he shouldn't have. But when the stroll money comes in and Lance needs a seat, then he was the full guy. And he didn't let that get the better of him. Obviously, he was still affiliated with Mercedes, so he was, you know, reserve driver at Mercedes with Toto. Toto helped get him the move back into Alpine. But also, he put himself front and centre. He put himself in them conversations, and he didn't let that time outside of a seat define his career. Because there's been many a driver who's lost a seat and never returned. And it's it's not it's not straightforward. It's not easy. Some drivers have to work for it harder than others. And it's not it was never a guarantee for Ocon to come back. Especially, obviously, yeah, he tripped over Perez a few times. Maybe that somewhat might have put off potential suitors, but it didn't let him. Obviously, the French connection helps, don't get me wrong, but gets back into Alpine. Didn't let that brief moment of potential... You know, that could have easily derailed his career, but it didn't. So, that, to me, shows a driver who's determined and is going to go the extra mile, and, and... didn't allow that again to define what would have been a an unfortunate end to what was looking like a really promising career and look point number five Ocon's always been a midfield machinery yet when he gets opportunities he converts them there's one one thing getting opportunities I always think like you remember when Antonio Giovinazzi random race it was like Monza 21 I think and he put like P7 in qualifying, Q3 in a Sauber out from Amazing. And then just immediately has an instant with Science and he's out of the race. Like, when Ocon has had these opportunities, he has delivered, right? So, P2 Insecure, 2020. The for- long forgotten P2 Insecure. No one remembers that Ocon finished P2 Insecure because George was going to win that race. He had the issues with the car. He had the puncture. Perez came through from the back. There were two huge stories there. The fact that Ocon got second in that race, just no one remembers that, understandably. I'll get it, right? But he, he got that opportunity and he took it. He seized it with both hands, right? And this was, again, at the tail end of a season that wasn't going particularly well. Ricardo had done a big job on him, but by the end of the year, it settled in, delivered the result. Fantastic. Then of course wins Hungary 2021 Vettel four time world champion Vettel's been there done that got the t shirt he knows what he's doing pressure lap after lap after lap yes of course massive bit of you know benefit everyone else getting bowling balled by Bottas and Stroll right but the opportunity was there you need those opportunities to present themselves when you're in a midfield car in order to get these wins to get these podiums and he did and he took it and he took the opportunity didn't let Vettel get past didn't make a mistake. Obviously, team deserve credit as well for giving giving him a good pit stop. You've got someone who knows like that. I was no, I was nothing to Vettel relatively to Ocon because Vettel's done it. He's done it all before. Yes, obviously at Aston Martin he hadn't done it, but he's been there. He knows what he's doing. And Ocon held on and kept him off. Like so impressive, given the caliber of driver who's putting pressure on. Almost twenty twenty one p P3 in Saudi Arabia. Oh, I remember Bottas drag race down the line. Mate, so close. So I remember Valtteri's little hand. Eh, going, Look, good for you, Valtteri. Well done. But you're in a Mercedes. And Ocon was in an Alpine. Like, I mean, that was a mad race. 2021, um, Saudi Arabia. But Ocon, so close to a podium. Yes, obviously, I'm talking about an in intersection. Yeah, he didn't get the podium. You could argue he didn't take the opportunity, but... I mean, to hold off Valkyrie for as long as he did, then, I mean, come on. Like, come on. That was so good. So impressive. So impressive from Ocon. He was guided, obviously. It was a tough one. But now we come to this weekend in Monaco. In an Alpine that, look, if you... There's two different championships almost, you know. Being quick in qualifying versus being quick in race is a very different challenge. So the Red Bull doesn't have the advantage it does in races in qualifying, clearly, right? We've seen Leclerc take multiple positions. We've seen other drivers come very, very close. And Max Verstappen is Max Verstappen. So I think, you know, you can say that the Max Factor, that's a makeup brand, isn't it? Um, That has made the difference in qualifying. I think that made the difference on Saturday. It wasn't just the Red Bull car. It was Max being in that Red Bull car that made the difference, that got that extra, you know, less than 10th of a second to take pole position and you look at Ocon getting what 0.188 I think it was within two tenths in an Alpine ahead of science ahead of both Mercedes clear of his teammate by like three three and a bit tenths I think it was like that. and then obviously Monaco is the place you do it because then, good start, holds on to position, good strategy, didn't make any mistakes. Science putting loads of pressure on him. Like, you remember, um, was it Hamilton was it Hamilton last year um, at Suzuka? Putting mad pressure on Ocon. Didn't let him pass. Ocon's defensive capabilities. Yes, true. He is somewhat guilty. Zanvo, I remember Alonso kind of pushing him off. He's been guilty of overstepping the mark relative to teammates. But I think... When he when he's defending, not against teammates, against everyone else, I think he's a quality defensive driver. He's shown that on numerous occasions. Exceptional placement. Again, Suzuka Hamilton, that was just top tier. Yes, obviously Monaco's a bit different. Science bonked him. Science got close a few times, but held position. Again, converted when that opportunity presented itself. And that is not easy to do. Many a driver has bottled a great opportunity. Nico Hülkenberg. I'm sorry. He had opportunities. Many on, many an opportunity to get a podium um, in his career. Some of them didn't go well. Outside of his control. I did a video on that as well actually. But many were bottles from Nico. And when Esteban's... You can't just assume these drivers are going to take these opportunities. Because they come so rarely, so there's all this pressure, there's all this expectation. You're like, oh my god, like we're not going to get many more of these shots. Like we've got to take it, and you can trust Ocon to take it most of the time. So if you give him a top seat, what does he do then? What does he do then? Because then point number six, and again, this is one where you could say, oh, it doesn't really matter, but I, th- I think it does. Because you know, I-, I think given his experiences, given what he brings he's just seems like a top tier bloke. Like I've been fortunate. I've been able to speak to, was it when I, I'm sure when I was speaking to Alex Jakes and I asked something along the lines of like, is there a particular driver you've got like a really good relationship with or whatever. And the first driver he mentioned, I remember I've chatted to Matt recently as well. um, And he was saying the same, like Ocon is just a top bloke. Yeah, because I was asking Matt about the Ocon Ocon interview him and Tommy did. He's just a top bloke. He's just like a really sound fella. And like, if you want someone to support, part of the reason I support Alex, I I don't know, I I gravitate towards Alex. And I think his his personality, his character, he seems like a laugh. And I feel the same about Ocon. I just think like, what's beautiful about Formula 1 is that you've got all of these different individuals who, you know, are brought together by the shared passion the shared interest thing that they're 20 of the best not the best but 20 of the best in the world at right they're all exceptional at what they do and yet you can have such different varying characters and personalities like yes there's similarities between Ocon and Max in terms of sorry Russell and Max um, in terms of you know their uncompromising nature on track but off track, they seem like totally different characters. Kimi Raikkonen, Daniel Ricciardo, that's apples as completely different, right? But that's fine. And I just think like Ocon's now. I think he's always been this character, but he's kind of come out of coming coming out of his shell a little bit more, I suppose. And he's like embracing socials, which is nice to see. Like we get a bit more of insight into these drivers, and he just he just seems like a a bloke that I can't really not like him. I think part of the reason why. Because I think there's been a long time where Ocon's like not really had much of a fan base, and I think that's affected how people have rated him. I do think when you look at the calibre of his teammates, so particularly I think Checo, um, Fernando, Daniel's got a super strong fan base as well. Oh, the battery pack's gone. I've been talking so long, I've run out of battery. Don't worry, we move. The I, I'll make this. I'll make this work in the edit. Don't worry. I'll be back. Um, As I was saying, what was I saying? Um, Oh yeah. So you know, when Ocon would have his tussles with Checo, when Ocon would have his tussles with Alonso, which you know, it takes two to tango. But you know, a good amount of the time, Ocon was you know, particularly with Alonso, I think he was more more culpable. I think Perez gave as good as he got. Like Perez has got a a naughty squeeze in him. Gasly, twenty twenty Spa, for example, very naughty. Um, but I think obviously, yeah, when you when you when you tangle with a teammate of drivers with such big and invested fan bases, you're not going to make many friends. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's kind of maybe carried on, and, and that's given him a reputation as you know it's given him a reputation as a bad teammate and maybe that is somewhat fair maybe it is somewhat fair that he's seen in that way but the calibre of drive that he can bring and has brought so often and the consistency he's put up against such quality teammates we have to start putting a bit more Ocon into these conversations of you know drivers that are gonna potentially if you give him a car could he fight for a world title i think if he had the car i think he'd be in the fight i do i do you know you look at uh, leclerc and russell and norris and you think yeah they've 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 done bits and i think if ocon his character was a bit more lackable from the start and he didn't have these tussles with teammates i think he would be considered more highly and i think i think it's it's time that we start for all of the reasons, for all of the reasons that I've I've suggested, that we give a bit more love and a bit more respect and get a bit more support behind Esteban Ocon because he deserves it. I think he very much deserves it. I'm not saying he's Leclerc level. I'm, not, I'm saying if you gave him the f- car to fight for a world championship, I think he would be in the fight. I do, I do. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I really do. I mean, he was in the same car as Fernando, and he would outqualify Fernando as much as out- uh, Fernando would outqualify him. Yes, Fernando had the edge in the race. Yes, if I said between Ocon and Alonso in the same car fighting for a championship, I would think yes, Alonso would be more likely to win that championship. But Ocon wouldn't like he doesn't. He wouldn't beat Ocon every time. Ocon would have plenty of dubs over Fernando. Fernando would win more often for sure, but no, but no. Humble beginnings prop lost me. Why? Do, do you not do you not believe in humble beginnings pyramid? Do you believe in drivers born of, of privilege and wealth? I mean, he'd be much closer than Lance. Absolutely, you'd want a naughty squeeze from Ockham. would you now, PP? Would you? Would you? It's a bit saucy, but yeah. So listen that's my case, that's my case, I think I put my case forward quite well, we'll see, I'll make it into a video and see if the world agrees, right, we're going back, we're going to wrap this up, which is better, the winner after 2,205, 207 votes, keeps going up, with 55% of the vote, bangers and clangers, wins, don't let me forget, don't let me forget before uh, the Spanish Grand Prix pre-race live stream to update um, bangers and clangers I mean obviously I, I do I I do worldies and stinkers after the race because you don't know what's happened before the race obviously um, but yeah I'm rebranding again it used to be winners and losers then it was worldies and stinkers now it's bangers and clangers but um, bangers and clangers wins so I don't know if I can continue watching with bangers and clangers Happens. I'm sorry. Like I believe in democracy. Okay. Even though democracy sometimes gets things wrong. Like, was it 55-45 Brexit? <laughs> what? What was the was the Brexit vote split? Uh, what was it? Oh, 52-48. Oh my, I can't believe how close that was. That's mad. Okay. It wasn't quite Brexit, but it was close. Fifty five, forty five. Um, I still remember when I was where I was when I found out Brexit was happening. That's quite sad. Um, hunters and shunters. Oh, that's good, David. That's good. Nah, bangers and clangers. I I like it because I some I say a clanger and I say banger. I, they're they're two words in my lexicon. Okay, two Tomo endorsed words. So it makes sense. Okay, cool. Um, right, we are going to wrap it there. Hour forty three. But this was fun. I enjoyed this stream. And I feel a bit more energised actually. Um, my 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 nice green drink has helped. I've got a lot more energy now than I did when I started the stream. I think um, the f- you know what, like, because usually when I'm recording videos, I'm like uh, stopping all the time, like I'm cutting loads. But actually, I was pretty pretty seamless there. I was happy. 24 hour stream, when done. I would like to do another one of them. To be fair, I would. Um, I would definitely um, but yeah thank you all for joining thank you all for tuning in uh, if, if you're watching this post if you're watching this after the fact I want you to put a special word in the comments you all did it last time with Lipton but it's not Lipton this time the word is um, club card I've got my ruined dodgy Tesco club card that doesn't really scare much anymore. club card one word Club card in the comments, please. If you're watching this after the fact and got to the end, and if you're listening audio only and you can write club card somewhere, do it. I guess live chat, go for it. Club card, beautiful. Um, not sponsored by Tesco. Maybe one day I am a bit of a Tesco ultra. I don't really like. I don't like other supermarkets. I'm. I'm a Tesco boy. It kind of sits in the middle. It's not. It's not too expensive and fancy. Um, but it gives to be fair it's because my my parents would always shop at Tesco when I was a kid just because it was like closest that's actually the reason why can I get a club card to see more Minton <laughs> uh, imagine that was a club card discount more access to Minton right thank you um, Benjamin Freya Joseph Yellow World Daywood Lomtong Diogo Maria Charmander Robert Alex, Eva, Frank, Isabel, HSW, Fly Inspire, Louis, Bennett, Alston, Dominic. I love Harriet Wright. Stefan Gardiner, Herbert Fully, Cena, Lewis, Halita, David, Hamza, uh, Cena, Carlos, Kirsten, Nick, David, the Wood, Max. See you in a bit. Exactly, Max. See you in a bit. Appreciate you all taking the time. Stay hydrated, be happy, be well, and I will see you later this week where I'm going to basically upload the video you just listened to with some nice edits. And then pre-race stream on Thursday for the Spanish Grand Prix. So I've got a stag do this weekend in Newcastle. So I'm going to have to juggle how do I consume Formula 1 whilst also on a, what is probably going to be quite a, dangerous stag do for me for my um for my liver but there we go i'll get through cheers everyone uh be good Bye bye